Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest comes from Brazil, uh, São Paulo. His name is Claudio Mifeno, the CEO of Levans, also a board member at Hospital Albert Einstein and an angel investor. Claudio, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike, thank you very much for, for inviting me and to do this really great job of bringing uh, interesting people here to, to discuss about uh, something that is very uh, interesting and very hard, which is scaling companies, right? Absolutely. Thank you very much, uh, Claudia. It's always great to to cover Brazil and, and LATAM. We covered Brazil and LATAM a lot uh, in, in 2022, uh, so it's always great to to come back to to Brazil and see how the digital health industry is also evolving in in Brazil. So you have a, an amazing uh, journey. Uh, you were able to be part of a successful case of a of an edge fund, and then you completely transitioned from more a financial markets background to or investment banking background. Not sure what to call it to entrepreneurship, uh, and we are seeing this more and more uh, happening. But uh, yeah, let us know a bit more, more about your story and uh, how has been the spark to start Levens. Cool. So yeah, I was born and raised here in Sao Paulo, where I am right now. Uh, uh, played tennis like since I was a kid a lot. Oh, me uh, too. Didn't, yeah, didn't like a... Uh, to study a lot except from mathematics which is which is uh, i always loved uh i bought like my first uh few stocks when i was uh 15 years old what an uh, outlier wow yeah i loved uh i loved uh, i bought two stocks that a friend of my, a friend of my father recommended me i thought it was super cool stock market even though in brazil it was not very advanced you have some pretty old uh-huh. companies in the, in the stock market uh but i always found it interesting i think my father kind of incentivized me he was more like a, a marketing sales guy but he thought like financial uh-huh. market was interesting and i always loved uh doing uh you know calculations so he kind of pushed me into that uh uh-huh. place so i went to business school here in sao paulo uh like uh, i was kicked out of the school in my last grade and uh, then it, wow. it, it, it rang me sort of like a bell, like, okay, now it's time to focus. You know, it's uh, we're close <laughs> to getting to college, university. Now I think things are going to get serious. And then I I focus a lot. And for uh, for one year, I stopped even playing tennis, gained a lot of pounds. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the end, it, it, it worked a lot because I was able to get into the best university here in, in, in Brazil, which is in Sao Paulo. Uh, something that was kind of people wouldn't believe like one year before. So it was it was a it was a, a special moment for me in, in the way of you know believing in myself when you oh, when you right. work hard. Uh, you can, but were you, you a, a professional athlete in in tennis, uh, Claudio? No, no, I was I was not professional, but I, I was but playing like playing every day on, tournaments, believe, yeah. traveling, and so on. Uh, I, yeah, it, it almost not. Yeah, I was not to the point that I was. I thought I was gonna be like a professional player. Also, because in Brazil it's very rare that you know you become one. Uh, but I, I used to play a lot to the point where I I, I wouldn't go too much to school. Where I, I would play, you know, tennis. You would prefer to go to the tennis courts. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I remember very well one day I had a meeting with my mom and uh, the the school director, and she she told my mom, either your your son stops playing tennis or he won't be anything, like wow. he won't be anyone, right? And then she said, okay, he's not playing. That's he's strong not, statement. She she said, you know, he's not stopped. He he won't stop. Uh, and uh, well, so so I went into the the business school, right. Uh, also played tennis there, uh, even though Brazil is not super organized, the, the you know college as it uh -huh. in the US, and which I I found out later when I did my my master in, in the US. Uh -huh. uh, where did you so I, I, did uh, you do the? Sorry to interrupt. Where where did you do the the master in in what part of the US? So I went to Stanford, and that was like uh, after my career in the in the financial markets. Okay. I was. After 13 years, you know, going front, going up front, I, I went uh, to Stanford, and then I was able to join the tennis club there and amazing. to play some tournaments, which was amazing. It was myself. It's possible uh, to have both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you have some some time, you know, even though like you have to study a lot. Uh, right. You know, you're you're living on campus there, and there's like the, the tennis, the training, and I was able to get a spot on the team. And I, I never forget, we went to play a national uh, tournament in North Carolina. So we flew all the way to North Carolina. It wow. was me and five undergrads. You know, I was like 34 years old. They were all like <laughs> 18 or 19. I remember them asking for my my driver's license because if you're older than 25, you get a like a, a discount on the price. <laughs> they were <Okay>. all like <laughs> 18s or 19s. Uh, and we played, it was like 64 different uh, universities, an amazing tournament, you know, like something that uh, I, I, like you don't see in Brazil. Uh, we were able to do well and get into the 16th place. And like, I was much older than, than everyone there. So, so, so my teammates, they, they, they used to, to joke with the other teams. Hey, no, this, this guy is like, he's our coach, but we let him play because, you know, he gets happy and I was able to win some matches. So <laughs> kind of realize a, a, a dream of at least playing in, in something, you know, in the US. Um so, you were talking a bit about your story. So yeah, so when I, well, back in during uh, school time and you yeah, so tried to back play in the undergrad, yeah, back in the undergrad here in Brazil. Uh I and uh I went to start as an intern in a hedge fund. It was like a small place, eleven people. Maybe today we would call it a, a startup. But uh, it was like a hedge fund that I I heard about the the founders very well. At the time, I had a I had an offer from J P Morgan to join their you know the, wow. their FX Treasury desk and this place. But I thought, hey, maybe this place is cooler because I'll, I'll be closer to the to the very you know uh, senior people. And uh, it was like a a good shot because the company grew a lot. I stayed for thirteen years there. Uh, I end up doing well there together with the, the whole team. The company grew a lot in terms of people and assets and the management. And then I stayed seven years in the hedge fund as a trader, you know, portfolio manager, looking at my seven or eight screens in front of myself, trading all types of assets. From 2002 uh, to 2009? Just 2002, 2009, yeah. That was, yeah, mid 2002. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's been like uh, more than 20. 20 years since I started my career last year, long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can see by looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so 
seems that you were yeah. talking about five years ago. So I, I'm I'm just now counting the numbers. Uh, 12, yeah. almost 13 years, right? So 13 years in, in Claritas uh, investment. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, I, I then I decided to move to a, re a recently uh, created area, which was like wealth management business, where I thought I would be more able to go out of the, you know, the, right. the office and meet people and trying to bring clients, you know, earn their trust of high, high net worth individuals and families. So uh, it was a great journey to help build this area. After sixty years, uh, six years, I was heading the the area. We had like thirty, a little bit more than thirty families, a few billion uh, in assets under yeah. management. And then I started getting more excited about their own business. You know, they had like real economy <laughs> business. Some of nice. the first like very important tech entrepreneurs in Brazil. Some you know healthcare entrepreneurs, real estate people, and other types mm -hmm. of business. And I was getting more excited in, in discussing those businesses with them right. than only looking into the financial assets. Yeah. Uh, in I remember one of them, he took me to a, a demo day of an, a startup accelerator. It was in Rio. I thought mm -hmm. that was really cool and something different. You know, there were like nine different pitches. I said, wow, this is really different. You know, it was like the first... Uh, and maybe the only one at the time uh, accelerator in Brazil was 21212. Uh, they, they don't exist anymore, but they were like the, the, the first to, to exist. Right. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was, I found it very interesting. And then also at the same time, we sold the, the controlling stake of the, of Clartas of the company to a US group. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was maybe end of the cycle, you know, it, it wasn't there, the, the, you know, the partnership that used to be that every year you can, you know, become, become a partner, which I, I became in the middle of the journey. And then you can increase your, you know, like the equity that you have. So it was, it was going to be different times. So I said, yeah. maybe this is an end of a cycle, you know, 13 years. I think it's, it's a good right. cycle. You don't see a lot. Absolutely. It, it, it worthwhile uh, staying there. And then I, you know, the world was moving towards technology and so yeah. on. That was like 2014. Uh, I thought it was old to do an MBA because I was like already 30, a little bit more than 30. At the time of the MBA, I, I wanted to become a partner of Claritas. I did the CFA, which you study by yourself. It's mm -hmm. it's very hard, but you, you just study at night or, or during the weekends. Right. Uh, and then uh, I found out that in some US schools, you could go straight to the second year of the MBA, they have like a different version. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to apply to this. I applied to a couple of schools, was accepted at Stanford, which I thought would be the the most interesting one, you know, know being in California, being the Silicon Valley. I said, oh, like, right. let's, let's dive the into that ecosystem, that spirit, you know, let's see if I can get, uh, you know, some different, you know, sauce on, on myself, on my background. And this was in 2015 or 2016? 2015, yeah. So I, okay. I got there June 2015. So when, I, when you left uh, Claritas, so you left yes. almost to start uh, with the MBA. Yes, perfect. So I, I had uh, recently got married. So one year before, so it was also like a uh, an interesting... Congratulations in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had just like what the year before, like 2014, I got married. So it was interesting, you know. Right. Uh, almost 10 years. Next almost year. 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 years. Well then. Uh, and uh, 
So we went there, you know, bought a, a bicycle and a backpack and went to, to live on campus. Very different than the, 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 the college that I went here in Brazil, which is like one building inside of like in the middle of the, mm -hmm. you know, the, our concrete jungle, as you say here in Sao Paulo. Right. And then, uh, so it was super interesting year, very, you know, inspiring and exciting. You know, you dive into yeah. this culture of innovation and entrepreneurship, and then you go to, you go to a class and then you read the Airbnb case and then the founder comes there and you can, you know, you can ask him and then it, the, the Dropbox guy comes in. Like, I remember very humble, like some people were saying, hey, but your business is very commoditized. And like the guy was like founder of a $10 billion company and he was there very humble, like willing to, to answer any questions. So like they make it very, very approachable. Culture. Yeah, they make very approachable. You hear many stories. I remember like a, a friend of mine, she used to study in the same class as even uh, the founder of uh, Snapchat. And right. she said that she told me that when the guy got a, a check of $400,000, he was in the middle of the, the class. He just closed his his computer. He left and he never came back to start like <laughs> Snapchat. So, so you hear those stories and then uh, you kind of, you know, like, uh, so uh also I, I met a brazilian there i wanted to study a lot about like how to start a startup then i i joined an accelerator there they call it startup garage some right. pretty famous companies yeah. were founded there doordash is one of the examples so we did the, this whole journey together there with this brazilian that i met there gustavo an engineer he was similar moment in, in life and career uh we got along very well we stayed like the whole year doing classes and projects together uh and then by the end like it was kind of clear that we wanted to to start something together right. at that time i i started doing some angel investing i thought it would be interesting also to to learn and into to shift my my network out of like financial market and go into more this entrepreneurship world so this uh, is in 2016 just to yeah, get all this to follow the story. yeah yeah 2016 while i was there i invested in my first startup it was a friend from from the from the school here in Brazil, okay. uh, an HR tech. I I knew nothing about it, but I you know I I knew the guy. I thought the the idea, the the mission uh, was interesting. So you know I trust the guy and I invested. Right. And it, it was a way to to be close and then to understand you know how things were were going to to end you know and 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 I kept doing that on and on and that and that was very helpful in a way to. You know, see from other than from the media, you know, that you see great uh, right. in the media. It's always uh, amazing things that are happening. And then you see, <laughs> and you see the behind the doors, right. you know, like there's a war going on and uh, it's not, not as pretty as it, it all, it's normally pictured uh, for the outside. And Claudio, for the ones to understand a bit a bit your story. So at that time when you, when you left uh, Claritas, were you already financially independent? Were you able to accumulate a certain amount of capital that allowed you to take the MBA uh, and, and become an angel investor? Um, so where were you in terms of the, let's say, corporate ladder or uh, yeah. journey? Yeah, no, that's very, that's, yeah. even though we, we, no, we, we, we don't, we don't like talking about like personal right. stuff. I think that's key for, for starting a company, you know, because uh, like, the, the only thing, the only certainty that we have is that uh, there's a high risk of failure 
and then it's going to take longer than you think. So if you're not prepared to it, like financially speaking, of course, emotionally speaking, but the financial kind of comes along, you know, because if you're under financial stress, you're probably not going to be able to take the, right. the best decisions or think long-term. And if you think more short-term, the long-term, probably you're going to take the, right. not the, the best decisions. So I was in a, in a moment where I had like, uh, like I had accumulated like a good amount of money that, that I was going to be able, let's say to have a few years of, you okay. know, uh, time to, to try it. Uh, to the point that uh, not financially independent, but uh, but kind of some years of economic uh, financial yeah, stability uh, yeah, that it, you could take the risk, right? Yeah, it's not that I was going to retire it, but I had a few years that I could, you know, risk uh, yeah. not getting any money and having the time to to take the best decision in uh, what what I was going to do. And yeah. then once I started, I have uh, the time, the appropriate time for it to, you know, to to grow and to to right. become. Maybe and when you started this angel, it was small tickets uh, that you started. Yeah, it's very small. Yeah, it's very small. Also, I think the best way and of is the like five ten k range, just to get in, or a bit more. Yeah, yeah, maybe fifteen k. Yeah, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, fifteen k. Yeah, and then yeah, then you adjust. You know, maybe you do like then more or less, five, right. twenty. But, but, but especially, but, I think the 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 most scary are the let's say the first three or five, right? So. Yeah, that you don't know so much what you are doing, right? Uh... Yeah, you know nothing about it. <laughs> you have to, to consider that it's it's gonna be zero. Exactly. Uh, That's why yeah. I was asking this for because me... I assume a lot of people are also considering to to invest uh, as angel, and uh, I think that the first step is always very difficult to give. That's why I was uh, asking for more details. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sure. Sure. It is. Uh, uh, I didn't have a lot of deal flow at the time. You, you know, also 2015 and 16, there was not a lot of people like starting the companies. beginning of the ecosystem, right? Yeah. yeah, right. So, but but I also thought it was a it was a a way that I would pay for learning. You know, yeah. uh, I, I was expecting. You know, I was hoping for the uh, you no know, cheering for the best, preparing for the worst. You know, right. Uh, but I I was sure that I would you know, learn a lot, try to be close to the, to the entrepreneur, uh, you know, exchange ideas, be close, try to help, you know, maybe some corporate leads in, in, you know, in sales and try to, you know, try to help the way I, I, I was, I was going to be able to, and, and make it a journey that I was going to be able to learn also. So when I was doing my, myself, I was, you know, I had already seen some stuff, you know, other than study and go to, classes at Stanford, which was also very, very interesting and a lot of learning, you know, That's seeing smart. it real life, you know, that I invested in some others that started with B2C and then pivoted to B2B because B2C was very expensive. And yeah. then you learn like how, how long is the cycle. Then you learn that uh, you do like a free pilot with a big company and then don't commit to it. And then you don't have right. to do these things. And then you see like the problem when you, when it's not a technical founder and you have to hire a technical one like how how complicated it is so so i was you know it's it's always good to learn with your own mistakes but it's better to learn with others, with others. <laughs> Absolutely. so that's kind of the thing I, I i started doing and also you know like once you when you look into the deal and how you analyze also uh, thinking about in the future when i was going to uh, raise money also you know seeing the other side right. 
the founder do it you know it's it's always always it always helps you know other than reading books on how to raise exactly. money as a startup it, it's always interesting too and then you you develop uh, great relationships and then you find out that the best people to to talk uh, in the entrepreneurship journey is other entrepreneurs that have, they have been through it you know they they kind of empathize with you they they know what you've been going through even though its story is unique so i was able to start building my network of other entrepreneurs who were always very helpful and very open to help me so i, I think the best is to try to talk to people that are, are kind of like one two three four years ahead of you you know because they've been through your phase it's not that they've been you know 10 years ago which they, they yeah. maybe won't remember all Market the details or the world has yeah. changed and then and also i you know from time to time i try i try to give back it and then help people that are kind of like one or four years uh you know uh, right yeah uh, uh before my my journey so that that was always really really helpful and and I think that's a, a really good way to build a network of, right. you know, or sort of like uh, uh, advisors, but like people that will, right. you know, just sharing their journey and you will learn a lot. So, so 2015, you you leave uh, Claritas, uh, you move to the MBA in Stanford. 2016, you start investing uh, as an angel investor. You start getting more and more connected and um, having a strong desire, let's say, to to start the company. So what happens next? Yeah, so so I was going to graduate. It was like a one year, the program mm -hmm. there. I was I was right in the second year of the MBA. They, in, in the, at Stanford, they call it MSX, like a Master's of Science. That's that's mm -hmm. how they call it. In, in MIT, they call it like Sloan program. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same in LBS as well. So then I was, it was, it was clearing like that, uh, things were clearing that me and Gustavo wanted to start something together. We were already working on an idea of a real estate platform that Gustavo had. We had a couple of, you know, users on a pilot that we were running. And then one day I'm having coffee with him. I remember with, with Gustavo, I remember we were in university Avenue. There's like uh, a Pete's coffee there. It's like a famous coffee place. And then we were there and then he told me, hey, there's a friend of mine from Brazil. He's a doctor. He called me and he's, he was telling about his journey as a doctor and like the challenges of the career. And then he has some ideas on how to, to tackle it because things are getting harder and harder for, for doctors. Mm -hmm. And then he said like, yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, we're working on this idea. But, you know, maybe this could be more interesting. I say, well, yeah, why not? Let's dig into it. So then the doctors, uh, the doctor who called Gustavo in order to get uh, some help from him, you know, he was saying, hey, like you're in the valley at Stanford, maybe you can help me with this idea. And then Gustavo mm -hmm. told him that he was with me there, you know, like working on some ideas. So then the the doctor, uh, Fabio, he he was very eager to start something. He flew there to 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 meet us. And he, wow. he kind of did his pitch on like basically the problem that he was he was seeing, uh, he already had, he had already started a, another startup, but like way before it was a marketplace mm -hmm. for consultations and exams. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was a way ahead of the time. It was kind of like the same moment of ZocDoc in the U S uh, yes. he, he asked, he invited a, a friend of him, like an engineer, software engineer, they built the platform, but there was no like, you know, adoption of technology. There was no 
investors. That was before right. 2010. But right. he had this this entrepreneurship, you know, uh, vein. And then uh, once he got there, we we started discussing. We thought, oh, look, this looks interesting. Healthcare is an amazing sector in terms of importance for the population, and it's also like a huge. Uh, there's a huge amount of uh, dissatisfaction from all the stakeholders, you know, from doctors to patients to to health insurance companies to like to basically everyone. And things are still like this, even though there's a lot of people trying to trying to tackle this. Mm -hmm. We were very amazed by some of the things that he told us, uh, and that basically, like doctors, they are the type of professionals that they have the biggest amount of uh, burnout, the biggest level of uh, professional unsatisfaction. Then we learned that in Brazil, almost 70% of the doctors, they do not recommend for their kids to follow the same career path, which is like unbelievable. You know, like uh, I have a four-year-old kid and like you just want for your kids the best in the world, right? So if you don't recommend like following your career, it's really a bad sign right exactly <laughs> so we said well there must be something to change this scenario because you cannot like uh, improve the healthcare sector uh, with this situation you know like he was telling how uh, you know he had his doctor office which he already rented from friends he you know put friends together to to build a place and share the you know the expenses and and the way he was saying that you have such amount of fixed costs that you have to see patients in every five minutes. You barely mm -hmm. get to look in them in the face. Right. You ask for a lot of exams. The patient goes out not, not being satisfied. They go to another doctor, and which then asks for the same exams, uh, which there's another uh, data which is shocking. In Brazil, 30% uh, of the exams that are made, they are not uh, looked into. No one looks oh. into it, the results. So imagine like 30% of all the exams done in Brazil, they go to the garbage and you imagine how expensive it is and so on. So so that you have like this very bad, you know, uh, cycle of things, you know, mm -hmm. and the doctor and then the patient and then the, the amount of money that is wasted in the, in the, in the system. So once we graduated, that was like mid 16, we came back to Brazil. And we started at the same time running a pilot in his clinic and uh, interviewing doctors. So back to the the the, the plan that I have, and I and I had a few years to you know to to do something. We we right. we stayed for one full year interviewing doctors. We interviewed wow. in person more than 150 doctors. So I, I didn't want to take too long, but I wasn't in a hurry to launch it. I I wanted to be as sure as you can you be, right. and when you start something. That that was the the business that I wanted to start. You know, that was the sector. That was the the two mm -hmm. co-founders that I was going to, you know, work for at least a decade or two decades. You know, because uh, you know you, you learn that you know forty percent of the things the companies that they fail is because like the the founders they do not right. get along well. Then you see that the second biggest uh, you know uh, thing that happened is that you launch something that the market. There is no market. Right? Does not want. So, you know, it took us longer. So I was trying, you know, to to de-risk, you know, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is a risk taker in a one way, but you have to try to de-risk, you know, and not like just jumping like a crazy guy. Uh, even though at some point you have to 
just jump it in a you know in the into a hole and see what happens right. uh but but during this year i i try to get uh, more you know like uh as sure as i could could be that this was the business that i, I was was going to to do for many many years uh and that was it became very exciting to learn about the you know the problem the challenges the the sector and so on up to the point that we launched uh, the events and the product like one year later in September 17. And and tell us what is Levens, uh, what is the original idea or what it is today and how it evolved. Sure. Yeah, so so we started as a as a way to help uh, independent doctors to to set up and run their own practice, you know, because uh, different than in some other countries, especially in US, uh, but similar to other countries, Brazilian doctors, they mainly want to be independent, to have their own practice mm -hmm. with their brand, their name, to, you know, see patients, see right. patients in the way that they want with uh, all the, you know, the, the learn with everything that they learn in, you know, 10 years of study, which is, you know, crazy. The doctors, they, they study a lot before right. they, they start their career. They keep studying a lot. So we thought there must be a way to to make like the their career easier and more accelerator. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were providing like a SaaS, you know, a, a monthly subscription right. fee where they would be ready to see patients in 24 hours. We would give them an individual uh, phone number where our secretary would would attend, would answer the phone and say, "Oh, this is like Mike's office." How can I help you? Knowing all the schedule and all the details. Uh, we would also provide an online presence through a website that they would choose, like say www.mikeorthopedic.com with online scheduling. Uh, also the, the business cards and say, oh, like, this is ready with no investment upfront, a very small you know, subscription fee, like $50 more or less. Uh, so very fixed wow. uh, cost on month. And then we would build like locations, uh, which is like a commercial, uh, no real estate floor in a normal building. We would do like all the renovation in a way that it's a very interesting patient experience mm -hmm. with a lot of technology and so on. And then the, the doctor will pay it only when they have a patient. So out of, except for the $50 of monthly subscription fee, right. the other cost would be 100% variable. So... Okay. Once the patient gets there, you know, they do a self-check-in in a Totten that we designed, which is a very cool experience. Mm -hmm. The doctor gets a notification through our app that, you know, like the patient is there, he sees the picture, so he right. knows who to go in the in the patient uh, in the waiting room. Then the, the app tells which room uh, they will do the consultation. And the, in front of the, the room, there's a like a, a tablet that shows like the picture of the doctor with the name. So there's some sort of like personalization and, you know, looks like more uh, like a digital place, which the, the patient likes a lot. And then once they finish the, the consultation, they just press a button as if they're ending like an Uber ride. And then the system knows how many minutes exactly they've used the room. And then by the end of the month, they will charge through the credit card in the app, the subscription fee plus the minutes that they use. So if they stay in the room for 32 minutes, they will pay for 32 minutes and, and then on and on. So it, it, in the end, it brings a lot of efficiency through the use of the office. And then it, then it translates into a very 
beneficial economic way for the doctor because you know doctors uh, surgeons they spend half of the week in the hospital uh, doctors at the beginning of the career they don't have their agenda full uh, right. in Brazil and in many other cities more than 82% of the doctors they see patients in at least two different locations so the usage of one single doctor's office it's very underutilized okay. so with the technology uh, we are able to offer them like full flexibility in opening their agenda, but they will only pay when they have this uh, the patient that they, they will see. So they share the office. So you are able to ensure that office is full 100% of the time uh, and make it uh, cheaper for, for the doctor. That would be maybe not be possible to him to have his own uh, practice you also provide a better experience to to the patient uh, as well in, in premium locations from what i understood as well how were you able to to choose uh, premium locations right because typically premium lo locations are also more expensive and when you are trying to make it uh, like a system as you were uh, saying like a monthly subscription plus uh, payment for the usage of uh, in minutes uh, you want to make it as, as cheap as possible, but at the same time, I understand it. It's also important to position the, the doctor. So the patient also feels first, the doctor loves to be where, he, where he's uh, giving the consultation, but also the patient feels, wow, this is a real stuff. This is not a, a small stuff or, or a doctor that I, that I can't believe in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a huge correlation in the, in the way that the patient will see the doctor with the you know the the experience that they will right. they have you know my 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 co-founder the Fabio the doctor he did like a, a an MBA in Brazil and he studied how much the impact on the patient would come from you know the technical uh, study and uh, you know the graduation and so on and the the experience you know the hospitality the place where right. you go so the other part of the experience. And he found that through studies that it's kind of like similar way, you know. So yeah. if you're an amazing doctor, it's not it's it's not enough, you know. But when competition is it's growing more and more, we, we used you to we normally yeah. tell to the doctors, uh, being a doctor used to be a differentiation. Now you have to create a differentiation because right. oh, they're used that now. Competition, it's, it's higher. There's more and more doctors coming into the market. So 20, 30, 40 years ago, like you, you're a doctor, that's like enough. Today, it's not enough. You have to provide like a good experience. An experience, it starts when they will like book a meeting. They book a consultation. If they call the secretary and they answer right away or if there is an online uh, way to book, when they go right. to, a, you know, to a building, if it's easy to park the car or if there's like public transportation, if they will they'll see you in like in time or if it will take longer. So there's a bunch of touch points, you know, nowadays we talk about the customer experience, but in the, in the healthcare sector, it's kind of like it's lagging and doctors, when they have their own practice, their own office, they, they don't let, let, they don't, Oh, let's think about the whole experience mm -hmm. of the patient journey and let's see all the touch points. Right. They, they don't think about it. You know, they think about it. How can I study and how can I serve well? which right. is very important, but it's not enough when you see the whole, you know, the whole thing kind of similar. If you go to a lawyer, if you go to a lawyer and then their, their office yeah. is like crappy and you know, old, and then you will see, Oh, is this guy like trustable and so on? Yeah. I mean, like it or not. As well. Yeah. Right, so. 
like it or not, this is it's the way perception. people build, right? So it's, it's a combination, right? Especially in intangible knowledge, uh, when it's the case, right? So you are not able to buy something from the store. Uh, you are just bringing what is the knowledge of the professional that you are seeing. So then uh, the tangible uh, factors uh, are very important to, to you to have trust in what you are buying, right? Um, and we know that uh, it happens all the time that we can have an amazing office and have a, a crappy uh, professional and and the opposite. But in general, they are aligned in a, in a certain way, right? So uh, if they are able to have a good uh, space and a good clinic, it 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 means that he uh, was able to provide a lot of value to a lot of people, and and that's why those people are rewarding that that person uh, with the resources to have a premium place, right? So. Almost six years later, right? So you you will do will turn six in August of twenty uh, three. Uh, yeah. Where are you now, uh, Claudio? In terms, what well, what so metrics can you share? Uh, how much did you raise, etc. Et et so yeah, so now we are uh, we launched the, the in September uh, seventeen the our first location. Now we have uh, fourteen locations uh they're mostly in sao paulo 11 of them uh, we have two in rio so we expanded to another state last year we have one in the countryside in a city called campinas so we we already started expanding geographically to other states right. uh it's interesting because once we start you know scaling to other locations we start offering also mobility to the doctors uh, and nice. i say doctors but it's also healthcare professionals so we have a lot of nutritionists psychologists Right. But now with 14 locations, you know, with, with being a member, you know, paying the monthly subscription fee, they have 14 locations for themselves. So right. they can be one day near the hospital, one day near their home, one day near a different that's area nice. that's full of patients. So, you know, so nowadays the patient doesn't want to cross the city, you know, to, to go to a doctor. Right. Also because competition is, you know, it's 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 stronger. Yeah, so in, in yeah. mega cities like Sao Paulo, this is super yeah. important for smaller cities. Uh, it might not be so yes. relevant, but in such yeah. big cities, uh, moving Sao Paulo from one side to another might be five yeah. five hours, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, same as going from have... the north to the south of Portugal. Yeah. So just to have an yeah. idea. Yeah. The same as crossing <laughs> Sao Paulo. Yeah, right. True. True. So now we have more than 5,000 members, so more than 5,000 doctors and healthcare professionals that are, are members, uh, which is like, a, it's a pretty significant number. If you think about like the, the main hospitals in Brazil, like you will see many that have like this number of doctors that are associated. associated. So this is kind of a relevant group of, you know, doctors and, and professionals. We've done uh uh, we, this year we'll, we'll turn 1 million consultations also, uh, which oh, is also relevant when you think about other, you know, healthcare uh, institutions. Uh, we've raised it a little more than $10 million so far, which uh, for Brazil it's relevant. When you think about the right. US, it's, it's not very relevant, but uh, I think we, we were able to do a lot with maybe not a lot of money. We started, you know, back in 2016 and 17. It was not the the scene that we saw in you know 2020, 21, 22. There was not a lot of like angel investors. Basically, I went I went to raise money with my former clients, you know, from Claritas, which was not like tech entrepreneurs. It was like 
traditional right. business people that trusted me and thought that the idea was cool. And then they trust me as a, you know, as an individual, which is in a way what you do when you invest very early on. Right. Uh, in 2020, we started you no know, accessing venture capital. Uh, we did our first uh, round with, with uh, an institutional VC, uh, mm-hmm. and then we started expanding more rapidly. Uh, so in a way, it was good to maybe to start at the a time. The round that... was with Estella, Claudio, or Estella, yeah. Yeah. Estella has been yeah. on the show for the ones who are curious also to know more about Estella. That is a, an episode in twenty one in twenty two last year, where we interviewed ah, cool. uh, one of the partners at uh, ah, nice. Yeah, amazing guy. So so it's interesting also to mention this. We we I dev- I started developing my relationship with them right after I came from Stanford. So it was two thousand and sixteen, end of two thousand sixteen. Uh, you know, I met one of the founders there and I was kind of going back and forth with them like every six months, you know, just going to get some advice, share what I was doing, you know, like, yeah, like you have to meet these people, see this, you know, this tool and so on and get some feedback. So once we, once we went to really raise VC money, like the relationship was already very, very solid, very well developed. So this, it's, it gets very, much easier, you know, never, never, nothing is easy, but uh, it's easier once you know, it, other than like you meet someone and you say, I'm raising money now, you have like two weeks to, you know, to make <laughs> the decision. <laughs> yeah, which is always very bad. It's bad because it, it, it decreases the chances of you to raise money, but also even in the case that you raise money from the people that you recently met, you don't know the person and that person will be on your board, uh, will go through difficult times with you. So you kind of have to, get a good, you know, relationship, right. personal, you know, things get to need to get along well, you know, it needs to be someone that you enjoy talking, you know, calling once you have like a, a challenge and you want to share something. So uh, the money is, 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 it's only, it's, it's important of course, but it comes a lot of uh, uh, things together and uh, the better, the earlier, you know, the person, the, the, the higher the chances that things are going to, to do well with the relationship you know so you start in 2017 uh i would assume with your own money and with some angel money then in in 2020 you have your first institutional uh round the seed round uh, of 1.5 million and in 21 uh you have the series a a 6 million uh series a uh, as well um and in, in, you also uh, have an headcount already of 190 people, which is uh, quite impressive in such a short uh, period of time, almost uh, six years. And at the moment, you are growing quite uh, quite quickly uh, as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost 200 people. Uh, so this kind of uh, almost 60, 65 people like are in the in our locations in our 14 locations and the rest would be in our office which is of course uh you know kind of like spread out you know right. tech team is spread out in brazil it's 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 remote first then we have some you know some teams that have come more to the office some less you know but it's a it's a big number it's no it's a it's it's a big team you know it's a right. lot uh, it's a lot of people it's it's always less than what you need 
but uh, you know, it's 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 a great group of people. You know, we were able to create this culture. We didn't grow fast in the beginning, you know, because we didn't raise too much money in the beginning. So it, it took us a while. Uh, last year or twenty one, we we kind of grew more. We doubled the size of the team. So, uh, but you know, getting you know growing too quickly is also complicated. But because then you have more right. new people than old people in the company, and then. You know, if you don't keep the culture, it's it's very complicated and it's very tough to hire well when you have to hire like a ton of people. Uh, but but I mean, I'm very proud and happy of the, the team that right. we, we have, uh, like also the both the two, almost 200 people, but also the leadership team that we were able to, you know, right. to, to bring here. And it's kind of like the the founders, you know, data J job changes a lot, you know, be, before you have to, Raise money, it's always that you have to do it. I remember there was a Stanford professor say like, founder or CEO of a startup, it's at least 50% of the time, you know, focus on raising money, which is yeah. very true. And of course, and sometimes it goes to 90% of the time and sometimes it goes down right. to 20, but on average, I think he was right. But in the beginning, it's more about you know, acquiring the first few customers, building the product. Then it's more like- Doing the hiring. interviews, as you said. Right? Yeah. I love interviewing people, but at some point they, they say, oh, you cannot interview everyone anymore, you know, because it, then it's... It's it, go it's, forth. Yeah, yeah. Then it, you have to train people and or, or you trust, like you have co-founders, but then you bring uh, very senior people who are right. better than you at, you know, different right. uh, topics. When you bring some doing marketing much better than you, then you bring someone to have people Absolutely. which is better than you. And then you start, you know, getting off the track and let the, letting these people do their job and being able, being ready to help with whatever they need, trying not to, to make their life, you know, uh, suck. <laughs> uh, try to, to be helpful and not be too picky and which is also a very big challenge, you know, because it's the company you founded, you're, you're and you are needed to do about everything in the beginning, right? So, and, and now, Importantly, you have people uh, that know more about their their areas than you, and it's difficult to let go, right? It is. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah, and it's important to share that with the team. You know, to say that it's a challenge for you to ask for honest feedback, to build trust. You know, because uh, we we're not gonna do everything right. You know, like. But uh, I think if the team knows that you're you want to do the best, you know, you you. You are always open to, to to improve yourself. You know, to make to be a better version of yourself. I think these people, these the senior people that come, they also teach you a lot. Uh, but you have to be open. You have to show them that you're, you know, you're you're really open to 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 change and to improve, and then kind of build like a, a you know a, a positive you know a virtual cycle. And this one. I assume that now it's all about having the uh, the right people on the right seats on the leadership team, and then those leaders will be able to lead the the rest of uh, of the team, right? So the importance of having the right leadership team for each stage of growth becomes more and more important, and 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 the great chunk of your time, I I assume, keeps being uh, ensuring that uh, there is clarity of vision, that you have the the right people on the right seats there. And that there is cash uh, on the bank. <laughs> yeah, you sum it up very well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't define it better. 
yeah so it, it changes a lot the, the way you the way you work like the way you get things done is not you going there and getting right. things done you know it's doing things to people yeah. yeah to influence to making sure people work together uh, well yeah, you, know, you yeah. bring people people are different no good people you know in, in general really good people they have their own views they have their own ways of doing things so how can you you know put them uh, together to work uh, very well to build trust uh, it's very hard you know like it's the first time i i do this you know like i worked before in a in a hedge fund there's nothing to do with this you know it's a very small group of people that are very you know very similar they mostly come from the same university or there are two three universities all men you know like uh, probably they grew up in the same area so there's not a lot of you know uh, types of people and here it's it's very different you know like you have many levels of hierarchy different styles of people different experience also we're building something new so in 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 many cases it's not that you bring someone that did that before so we're kind of creating new stuff so so there's a lot of you know uh, there's some science there's some art on it and we are you know like we're learning by doing and then you have to be very humble and very open with people about it that we are also learning uh you know like uh i, I was reading a book the other day how to be a how to be a ceo you no know, I, I just share with everyone say i'm reading this book because i've never done this before so you know so That's forgive me if i'm important sometimes or doing things that that you don't think it's the right one but just let me know and just then let me I'll know make, right. yeah just let I me know will don't, not don't judge me, you <laughs> i always say look don't let me screw the company i found it you know <laughs> right super super important and it's incredible how time flies when we are having a, a great time, uh, Claudio. Uh, I know that we we also would like to cover a bit why we are we don't have more success cases in healthcare in in Brazil. I think that we covered it in other uh, episodes. So I would prefer to focus uh, on your story here and let's go to the to the last segment uh, of the show where we have a quick question and answer dynamics to to close the show. Sounds Sorry. good. Yeah, let's do it. So if you would have the opportunity to have a coffee with yourself uh, in 2017 when you started uh, Levens, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Okay, so my younger self is not like a very, very young in the beginning of the career. It's the in the beginning of the, the start 2017, of yeah. 2017, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's now yeah, saying, doing the interviews, talking with doctors, leaving Stanford yeah. to. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, I talked a lot with you know with 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 doctors before. I was like, I did the first fifty to sixty, you know, sales. I was, you know, the the phone and the website was mine. Mm -hmm. I went to the location, take the Amazing. tour with the doctors. So, so I did that with a lot. Maybe what I would do is what I would recommend is to talk more with other, you know, potential hires, you know, get to know a lot of people because I mean, you hire people and you never know, like, I mean, you like this, this person, but you don't know if you could have like a twice as good uh, or three times mm -hmm. as good, or if it's good enough, or if it's time to, you know, to hire someone more senior. So uh, the broader your network with people that, can work with you at some point uh the, nice. the you know the, the the better are the chances that you're gonna do 
the the correct hires at this at the correct time you know because right. in a startup like hiring the right person six months before or one year before like it changes everything you know so but you, you need you need to to get to know a lot of people and it's not like one conversation and you know one and then you know other i i kind of always did that but maybe i'll i would have done it more and and i would suggest people that just to to have a really broad network of people that are you know potential hires in the future and if you already know the person then it starts having the challenge and it kind of matches the thing so it's kind of the art of putting like good people together at at, at the at the right moment and what are you the most proud of on your journey so far ah it's it's tough to say one thing but uh, but i'll say that the stories the that yeah yeah but i'll say like the, the bunch of stories that comes out both from clients and from you know the team uh yes. it's it's really something that makes me really proud you know when when a client you know a doctor they say oh I'm really thankful for what you guys have built because what I did in my career in the three years, uh, thanks to Levance, it was going to take me 15 years. I was the first doctor. I was the first person on, in my family to go to university. I'm the guy who pays for the whole family uh, with the money I get here. And you were able to accelerate my career. Uh, I was able to pay for my mom studies. So that, that's kind of really fulfilling the impact that you see. And also on the side of the team, when you see people that they admire you and then they are inspired by you and you know, you, they, you tell about a book, you share about a book that you read and then they read it at the same time, they come to you and then mm -hmm. you promote them three times in the same year, you know, like you see people really growing, coming, you know, from below and really willing to do the right thing, willing to, to join on your mission, you know, living the same dream that we, that we started. That's very fulfilling, you know. You see the impact on, you know, on, on the people. It's the number is nice, five thousand doctors, two hundred people. But when you when you focus and you hear different stories, one story like the impact on the family and so on, and and that's that kind of keeps me very inspired and excited to keep, you know, uh, continuing growing. And growing means bringing more opportunity right. to, to people. You know? Worst advice ever received. Yeah, you know, uh, I was kind of in the beginning, and uh, so we had this this let's say this this model where we would provide uh, you know everything that independent doctors would need, and then at that time there was a trend, a big trend in Brazil, which be very like uh, accessible clinics. You know, they say like popular clinics, uh, so with very low prices of consultations, and some of these. Players were growing very well, growing a lot, attracting a lot of money, a lot of media, because it was interesting that you would, you know, give access to healthcare consultations to people that could not afford. And it seemed like a huge thing. And I remember one very, very seasoned, uh, you know, entrepreneur, he told me, hey, why don't you, you know, just pivot and just do it, you know? Right. And then I remember, you know, I said, like, I built this business, I don't know, like, this other one, it doesn't feel the business that I should build. There's a lot of other people doing. And I, I don't know, I don't see myself like switching the business to copying something that someone is doing, even though I don't, I don't think it's wrong to copy things that are doing well. I think that's part of the game. But I say, I don't know. It just doesn't feel it, what, what I should do, you know? 
And then these other types of business in the end, they, they prove not to be as good as it seemed to be. And maybe mine didn't seem to be like as, as sexy or as trivial as it would be, but things are kind of like different now. And uh, I remember one quote of, there's a video of Jeff Bezos saying like, you should never try to catch the perfect wave because you, you will never catch it. You know, it, it, it's not going to be with you. You know, you see the big wave and you say, I'll, I'll catch this. He tells you like, you, you have to do something that you like, that you're, you know, passionate about it and then position yourself and then wait for kind of the, the wave to come, you know, because if you try to catch the wave that is there and then everyone is seeing uh, like, why it's going to be you. Uh, and also I was, I was rereading the like Peter Thiel book from zero to one. And he was saying like that the, the great business is like when you are finding things that are maybe unattractive to other people, you know, seeing opportunities in things that are maybe not obvious or not super sexy. So, but keeping yourself, you know, focus on your day-to-day -day business and right. building it and not being, you know, uh, distracted by the media or by other entrepreneurs or by uh, mm -hmm. huge sums of money being raised it's it's not easy but i remember that very well well dear, uh we will leave the, the the resources for a second uh episode and we didn't even cover the your position as board member at hospital albert einstein but we need to leave some stuff to to discuss in a in a following episode as you keep scaling the company thanks so much for making the time to join us today oh mike thank you so much uh, it was a pleasure talking about our journey here and uh yeah congrats on your on your journey with your podcast and taking a lot of you know knowledge for for your listeners bye bye Thank you, Claudio, and to our community, thanks for being there. We keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life easier as you scale up your company. See you soon, and keep scaling.